Hello, everyone who was raised by emotionally immature parents. Welcome to the first episode of the Family Burrito. My name is Christine. My sister Jesse and I created this podcast to share our outlandish, mind-boggling childhood story as a way to help ourselves and others heal. The idea came to us after hours and hours of phone conversations discussing the X, Y, and Z of our childhood. A little background about myself. I was raised in an environment where you constantly had to navigate people's emotions only to feel alone and uncertain. When I got coronavirus back in April of 2020, my whole life changed. I'm now navigating life after a happy divorce with the twists and turns of my childhood unconsciously rearing its ugly head, Jesse. Oh, goodness. Those ugly heads of yours. (laughs) There are many, girl. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) I'm excited about this podcast, though, and to have our feelings out there so maybe we can help others heal as well. Yes, you got to feel it to heal it. Yes, yes. And everybody I have told about this podcast, they love it, the idea. So I hope the audience feels the same way. That's awesome. Well, um, let me just tell you what um, I've been dealing with this week. And actually, I feel like since the time I was born, um, frustration. Um, It's funny about when you start working on your unconscious stuff from childhood, your programming, your beliefs. You think you get comfortable and you go, oh, I've conquered it. It's no longer there. I've let it go. I've surrendered. I've made peace with it. It's my friend. And then here comes the friend of me. I have a beautiful relationship with my ex-husband. He is just wonderful. We are really good people. And we're better people, separate, not married, which is awesome to know. Um, because we both did not have examples of good divorces, you know, so we are, we're changing the game and we're learning as we go. So we are very, um, like as far as the schedule with our kid, we're very, um, flexible and you know, all that stuff. So my kid is out for school for a couple of weeks because her school, like did this pre coronavirus two weeks off thing, you know? And so of course, Christine, Creates the schedule because I'm the planner. I'm the do it all. You know, my fight and flight all the time. Got to make sure, you know, make sure it's all plans, you know, and it's, he never does it. It's always me, always been that way. So one of the days I was going to actually have his mother watch Sophia, but he said, no, I can do it. So I made a codependent decision, Jesse, to make him happy instead of myself happy. And by the time I had reached level nuclear frustration, anger is when I realized I crossed my own boundary. He came to pick her up and I was about to leave. And he asked me one very simple question that set me off for three days. And by the way, right before he came here for two days, I have been feeling so high vibrational, just feel like I could fly in the sky, you know? Just so happy and loving the universe, seeing the synchronicities, just loving my life. And then he comes and asks me one question that set me off and a tailspin for three days. You know what he asked me? When are you going to get that boob job? (laughs) No. 
he asked me, what time are you getting off work? <laughs> pretty simple question. A pretty simple question he's been asking for over 20 years. Jesse, this man knows how my work schedule works. He, he knows how I have to wait till I get to work to see how my day is going to be. And when someone asked me that immediately without saying, oh, because I have to get off at two or because I need to just like asking that question sends me into childhood <laughs> fight or flight. Uh, oh my God, what I have to hurry. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, I've got to hurry up. I mean, like literally I got to hurry up and get out the door and hurry up and get my day because he's, he's so busy. And I was like, uh, I don't even, you know, what's so funny. I don't remember how he responded. I should ask. <laughs> I, I think I said something like, I don't know. And why are you asking? And then he said something. And then he said, I'm just asking a question. And, he, and then he's in frustration. And then we both walk out the door and that was it. Like we're pissed. And I spent all fucking weekend just so pissed off and frustrated. Like, what do you mean what time I get off work? And then I was getting frustrated with my frustration because I know that man's not sitting over there going, I wonder if she's okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm just sitting over here and torturing myself and, you know, and it's fucking spin. And I'm like, So I go through all of my, um, you know, my checks, like, let me meditate, let me find gratitude, let me go for a walk, you know, let me listen to music, um, let me clean, let me declutter, um, guess what, nothing was working, and it was pissing me off even more, because I was doing all my checks, all the things that should work for me, Jesse, and it wasn't working. So I decided... Uh, after two days of hell that I was giving to myself, I, I realized it's because I crossed my own boundary and I didn't set a boundary with him and it's time I need to set a boundary with him. And then I realized it's not just the question. It's just there are lots of different circumstances, especially if there's like a crisis where my battery dies or something. He doesn't ever say, how can I help? Or I'm sorry. It, he has a whole bunch of fucking questions for me. So I'm like, I'm stranded, you know, wherever I'm stranded at, you know, my garage, really, let's be honest, I'm stranded in my garage in a warm house. Um, But he wants to know every detail about what happened. And I don't know. And it's just like, you know, my brain, when things happen, it causes uncertainty. And then I feel I shut down. And so anyway, so I decided I'm going to set a boundary with him. So I sent him an email. And told him, hey, this is what I need. And listed the things out. And then he didn't respond. He still hasn't responded? Well, now he's responded. And it was amazing. And I earlier, I was with a bunch of friends at a beautiful Indian baby shower. It was gorgeous. And I actually, the frustration actually had left. But there was some weird thing still lingering in me. And then when I read his email, it was so kind. And he said, he went through and explained. And then he said, I really like emails like this. This is very helpful. And I started crying. I mean, it's like 30 minutes before we started recording this. Like, because my whole life has been gaslighting and you're being told this is not your reality. This is not, this is not the reality. And these aren't your feelings. Like just not being validated my entire life. 
So trying to navigate and trying to set boundaries is a struggle. I mean, I've had people tell me you're so good at setting boundaries, but in my eyes, I don't see it that way. I, I don't know. I need to give myself more credit, I suppose, but you know, you boundaries, it's very, you just set them very simply. Like you don't have to go through a whole big explanation. This is what you need. And they were either respect them or they didn't, but I do co-parent with this person. So I don't want to upset him, but they're again, trying to navigate his feelings and walking on eggshells when the man's probably honestly just like scratching his ass in his apartment. You know what I'm saying? As I'm sitting there like, Oh, so worried, you know, that is so funny. Yeah. Shane definitely is not a, worry of like a type of person a type of person to worry goodness gracious i can't talk uh-huh well he's not the type of person to really worry about those types of things yeah he's what pretty do you think, laid back what do you think he worries about <laughs> when uh, his dinner's when gonna he be can ready play call of duty and <laughs> what, what is those the other silly game he plays um, dungeons and dragons dungeons and dragons <laughs> Yeah, Sophia says she's that he needs to make a podcast about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, he's an expert. Yeah. So I don't know. So tell me, like, do you tell me about do you know how to set boundaries or what's your like experience with that? So I am learning how to set boundaries better. I of course coming from Charles where he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, you basically have to earn my love if you want it and I hope that's okay with you. I have always, you know, it's hard to set boundaries when you like have to how, somebody's love. Me, yeah. <laughs> let me ask you this. How would, how did you have to earn his love? Oh, by like cleaning the house or doing just like put the woman's work, quote unquote. Oh, you were the wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, is this, I don't even, I was basically like, I think he only had me around because he knew he could make me clean and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Free, free help. <laughs> and if the, if the help would just shut up <laughs> right and you know and now I'm such a clean freak which is probably a good thing because mm-hmm. I always hear dad's voice in the back of my head like you don't want to think people think you live like this do you mm. you're well, like we- actually I don't care what people think I mean <laughs> and that's coming from someone who's like snorting cocaine and smoking weed and like down and canadian mist every night like what the who are you to like tell me about judgment and people's judgment why i should worry like no i'm worried let me tell you this story jesse i don't know if i've ever told you this whenever we lived in colorado when i briefly lived up there i worked at a liquor store and we had this list of names of people you could not take checks from and my dad our dad's name was on the list how embarrassing is that I I believe it and yeah I don't even remember how poor we were I just remember being 11 and always stressed about money being 11 oh 11 years old yeah I'm like 11 o'clock at night <laughs> I know, it, no, like, like I was I'm sorry I was 11 years old yeah I'm like what what 11 11 11 spiritual master number you were you were seeing 11s <laughs> what was that <laughs> no 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 yeah no definitely it was just during that time when I guess I was 11, 12 years old, and um, I had a friend, Lacey, and her parents, you know, they didn't like how stressed out I was about money. Mm. They even told me they never met such a young kid that was stressed about money. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I love that you brought that up because I did not even know that money was part of my trauma. 
I had zero clue. I will say one thing I am thankful about myself is I've always been sort of a Pollyanna, like, oh, there will be enough in the bank. But I didn't respect money. I didn't like, I definitely did not look or check. Um, I was just like, there'll be more than enough. And there always was. And there always is. But there are parts where I didn't respect money, like his money is energy. You know, it goes in, it goes out. And like, there was this one time where I was in my room and I found all these gift cards that people had given to me for my birthday a couple of years ago. And I'm like, this is an example of me not respecting money. But how I figured out that money was part of my like trauma childhood story was when I had pulled one of these um, soul purpose cards, you know, they ask you questions and it was like, tell me your, it was like, write down your money story. And I was like, I am right. My money story. What? Well, the card, the next two times I kept pulling that card and I was like, fine. And when I wrote out my mom's and then wrote out dad's, I was floored because my mother's emotions fluctuated, whether there was a trust fund check in the mailbox or not. Yeah. And I'm the same way. There's no money. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm jealous of the people Mm. that don't base their emotions off money. Really? Why? Because they're just Oh, you're like, jealous because they don't react or you, they don't react or whatever. Yeah. Like they're just so chill about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. how are you so chill about having zero dollars? Yeah. Well, I, I think it all goes back. Well, some of it is your programming. Obviously that's a lot of it. And then you basically what you have to do is question those beliefs in your programming, which have FYI are not true. And then you build your own believability ladder when it comes to money or anything in general. And some people have to do it slow, which a lot of people have to do it slow because I mean, a lot of people, I know a lot of people like struggle, like, and like Shane, like, you know, my ex, like we, so my thing was like Christmas. I didn't want to buy hardly anything because I Christmas to me, it is a reminder of the materialism that came from my mother. I mean, it was like such a big fucking to do. And I was like, I'm not going to create that for my daughter, but my husband came from a background where he had nothing. And so he wanted to go give her everything, you know, to uh, make up for what he didn't have. And so, you know, it was, it was, you know, kind of not a bad, it wasn't a horrible thing, but we just, you know, I just let him do what he wanted basically because, but now we just kind of make it a game like who can give her the best present. He usually wins. <laughs> he's, he's a really good gift giver. I will say that about that man. He is very good at giving gifts. Um, so, yeah, it's money is a part of our, our story and it can create uncertainty and frustration and feeling scared. And, you know, so what, what other kind of things did money like? affect your life or when you were raised well it was always about you know if dad could afford cigarettes and whiskey over everything Mm -hmm. so there were times where I literally had like no clothes to wear to school and like my shoes had holes in them and I sorry Payless but I definitely had to steal shoes from Payless Mm-hmm. And um, did you pay less? <laughs> I paid less. <laughs> I used a five-year discount on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
oh wait they're bankrupt now right okay so was that your fault oh my god was, <laughs> your fault? was that your fault too it was only one pair <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you know it's just those things frustrate me and I want to make sure that that never happens again so mm-hmm. um and and ever since I've been on my own I guess since 17 18 years old I just I could never have less than $500 in my bank account Mm, okay so it's like that is like your your like security is the five hundred dollars yeah because it's like a safety net that I never had as a child Uh and then also like dad just never saved money we were literally he said we'll be rich enough one day where we'll we will have change in the car change in the car like yeah we're gonna be so rich we're gonna have change in the car Oh, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so basically, you know how like you have the little change holders in your yeah. car? Well, we never had any because dad was always scraping for change. Mm. So he meant by like, we're going to have enough money one day to where like these change this change things will be filled with change. <laughs> you're like, you know, you're like, you know what? The only thing that really needs to change around here is <laughs> is you, dude. Oh my God. You're like, speaking of change, Chad, um, what are you going to change? Yeah. And I, I look back at that as an adult and I'm like, wow, I must be really rich. I have tons of change. You're making it hell. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor strippers. That's all yeah. I use is quarters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, and it's money is, and so when I started looking at that and really recognizing that, I mean, everything is energy. Everything has atoms and stuff, and you know, and money is not just you know just paper. It's you know electronic, digital. All, I mean, it is someone buying something for you in front of you while you're in a fast food line or whatever, you know, or Starbucks, you know, or someone bringing you lunch or giving you a gift. Like it, it, there are all kinds of ways that money comes to you. And um, I think it'd be interesting to see if you started, once you start, this is, huh, once you start really deprogramming and questioning those beliefs that you grew up with about money, I bet you $500, Jesse, that your bank account starts growing. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing, too. I've been trying because I've got to the step one. I can call myself out. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always known it's a problem to the point where I was probably like 12 years old. 13, mm-hmm. I don't know. Actually, I was with my mom. So I was probably like 14, you know, because I didn't get to see her again until I was 13. Mm-hmm. So I was around that age and I remember my mom couldn't pay the electric bill mm-hmm. and she just was so nonchalant about it. And she was just so like, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. she said, it'll work out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at her like, how do you know it's going to work out? Well, it did. And it did like, yeah, you know I mean? yeah, it does. And it did. And um, so I've always known it in a mm-hmm. certain other way, a different kind of programming from my mother. Mm-hmm. but since she didn't raise me mm-hmm. I never really got to be around it that much and that, I guess mm-hmm. I think that's why I get jealous of people that are like that mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. it, it goes even deeper um, but at the same time I definitely have called myself out on it and I don't try to freak out as much you know I try not to freak out as much 
I'll just, mm-hmm. I just kind of, I have like my little money number, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And every time I see the number four, I mm-hmm. get, I'm like, yeah, I try to do a little dance wherever mm-hmm. I'm at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, my money song is um, by um, Oasis, Wonderwall by Oasis. <laughs> I don't even know. I would, um, if I, if that was my money song, I would be so broke because I hate that song. <laughs> That's one of my favorite songs. It's only because someone I knew used to play it all the time. Like, like that is a song you play twice a year. You know what I mean? That is not something you play every day, but it, Hey, if that worked for you, mine is little Wayne shimmy. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There. Yeah. Little Wayne. And then there's a, there's a Madonna song called give it to me. That's a um, give it to me, baby. Um, but yeah, those those are kind of two of my top favorite songs. But um, yeah, and and you say when you say I know what's the problem, try to change your language to opportunity. Oh, it's definitely an opportunity to change. You know, be better. The change, sure. the yeah. change in the car. <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> about that change in the car. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Jesse. The next episode, we're going to go deeper into the change, the dirty ass change in the ashtray where all the cigarettes and all the roach, the joint roaches are in. Oh my goodness. That would be a great episode. (laughs) That's too funny. Um, I can't think of anything else to really say. No, to be continued. To be continued.